夢にまで見たような世界で争いもなく平和に暮らしたい「もう我慢ばかしてらんないよ言いたいことは言わなくちゃ」「帰り道夕暮れのバス停落ち込んだ背中にバイバイバイ君の」Energy to enter our podcast with. I think we uh, we finally I, I just... done it. We've we've hit the <laughs> energy that we have when we podcast on a different day, except we're podcasting on the same day. Yeah, exactly. I I have been up since approximately seven fifty eight a.m. and by approximately I mean exactly because I woke up two minutes before my quiet ear session was supposed to start. Because uh, I I have been sick. Um, So I, I took NyQuil last night because、uh, it was like two hours before the session. I just was not able to sleep because it was so fucking windy and scaring the shit out of me. So I, I was like, okay, I need to get to sleep. I need to sleep a little bit. So I, I, I took some NyQuil, ended up waking up exactly two minutes before、uh, my session started. I'm like, fuck, okay, well, time to go. And then I played the quiet year for five and a half hours. Uh, and here we are. Here we are. Here we are.、Uh, this is It'll Wash Out, a Bleach Rewatch podcast. I'm your co host, Sina. And I'm your co host, Sam. And this time, I promise there will be no discussions of feet. Again, you bring it up. I, I do bring it up. I have to. <laughs> It's my curse. Should we, should we just hop right into it, Sam? Because I feel like we're both pretty low energy today, and we should probably knock this one out. Let's just take a big step right into it. Yeah, you really just going for it? <laughs> Bleach 116. The Evil Eye. Aizen again. This sounds like a fucking, like, fighting game title. Like, I, I think I'm specifically just thinking about Melty Blood Actress again, but it's just Aizen again, and now I'm just like, hmm. Bleach Fighting Game by French Bread. That would be great. I could see it happen, yeah. But we already have a great bleach fighting game where you can take Uryu and teleport across the screen to shoot arrows. <laughs> this is true. And we ha- is this the same one where you waggle the Wiimote to fight? Yes. Oh, thank God. The episode begins with plenty of recap, but it really begins with Okiora and Yami reporting directly to Aizen. Okiora pulls out his eye and crushes it into sparkly dust, which I assume to be Reishi, essentially.、Um, and 
everybody kind of closes their eyes and like takes it in and uh it's very much inferred that this allows everybody to see what he witnessed in the human world um he explains that the orders were to kill Ichigo if he proved to be a hindrance to Aizen. One of the other Arankar, a blue-haired man with a jaw-like mask covering his right cheek, calls him soft, saying he would have killed Ichigo in one blow. Okiara calls this man Grimjow. Uh, should we go with Grimjow or Grimjow? Because like, it's very clear that the Japanese voice actors call him Grimjow, but uh, I've always said Grimjow. Yeah, I'm just going to go with Grimjow. Alright, Grimjow it is. I guess we could double check with the English version and see what they call him. If the English also says Grimjow, then I guess we'll go with Grimjow. Yeah, I guess we just might have been wrong all this time. Uh, Good luck finding the dub, because on Netflix it does not go past uh, episode uh, 110. But, Okiara calls him Grimjow. And Grimjow further goes to say, if kill was in the order, then you should have killed him. Which, fair. I, I, I think this is this is a fair point. <laughs> Another Arankar with a funny hat speaks up, saying that he agrees with Grimjow. Grimjow points out how badly hurt Yami is, wondering aloud if they had just had trouble killing Ichigo instead. Yami is like, actually, Yoruichi and Urahara got me, but go off, I guess. Even though, like, you know, Ichigo's the one who cut off his arm. <laughs> yeah, like, he's like, not- I was winning against that loser. He cut <laughs> my arm, but, you know, I was beating the shit out of him. It's fine. Yeah, yeah it's fine. Uh, Grimjow tries to try- uh, Grimjow tries to taunt Yami, but Okiwara cuts in, stating that Aizen's worry was not Ichigo in his current state, but his rate of growth. Which, I'm gonna be real, this just kind of feeds the reason to kill him? Like, I- I- I understand why Okiara didn't, but it, it, it's just like, he's kind of just feeding the reasons to kill Ichigo here. <laughs> well, I kind of like the way that Okiara says it, because he's like, okay, listen, he's wor- Aizen was worried about maybe future Ichigo being strong enough to be a problem. But when we when we went to look, sure, he could become a problem, but it seems way more likely that he'll either go berserk and self-destruct, and or be useful to us in some way. Yeah. So he's angling on that side. And Grimshaw's like, fuck you, you should have killed him. And it's like, well, if he's a, if he's going to be a problem, then I'll kill him. Fuck you. Yeah, that basically sums up the rest of my paragraph there. Uh, yeah, no. But my favorite part of all of this is that Aizen just, like, sits back and he's like, yeah, whatever, I guess I don't care. Do whatever you want, Ulki. <laughs> it's yeah, it's really like, funny. What? Aizen's very is very much a like I gave you an order, you interpreted it in a specific way, and you said if it's going to cause a problem, you have a plan for that. So fine, go off. It's good. Yeah, it's good. Uh I like the scene a lot, honestly. I think it uh I think the introduction of Grimjaw is pretty good. Um and I think the like imagery of him like crushing his eye and then like the reishi like spreading out is really cool. I I really like this scene. Yeah. Meanwhile, Renji shoves his fist down Cone's throat to get the soul candy, and Ichigo wonders where they're all going or when they're all leaving. Renji says they're staying until the Arankar are dealt with, and 
Ichigo's like, where are you planning to stay? And they all just kind of like stare at him. And he's like, okay, okay. Let me make one thing clear. You can't all stay with me. There's no room here. The closet can only hold so many lesbians. <laughs> uh, this scene immediately shifts into like kind of... I, I would argue kind of creepy territory because like Rangiku like starts unbuttoning her shirt uh, and like trying to like basically seduce Ichigo into letting her stay and like I would have less problems with this if Ichigo were an adult but Ichigo is 15 I do love that Ichigo's immediate response is what you are doing is wrong and terrible and won't work stop it please yeah (laughs) going into hysterics as to like what the fuck are you doing no get out yeah, that bit's great. I just, I wish this wasn't here or was done in a different way so that it's not like, oh, older lady trying to seduce 15-year-old boy. But I I don't think it's worth dwelling on, frankly. Um, Rangiku decides to stay with Orihime because she's just not the type to say no, is her exact choice of words, basically. Kone does some gross stuff and Rangiku tries to convince Toshiro to come with her. Uh, everyone just kind of parts ways with Renji going to Urahara's. Ikaku and Yumichika don't really have a place to stay, but they're just going to go wander around. Uh, and Rukia's like, I've got it. And just runs back into the house. I love the bit where everyone leaves one by one. Then uh, Renji's the last one to go, so he leaves. Rukia's like, bye, have fun, ciao. <laughs> and then Ichigo's like, so what are you doing? And she just immediately runs back into his house. It's she so even takes good. her shoes off at the door. It's great. I, I love that. I love it so much. Um, we do immediately cut to Yumichika and Ikaku, who are like walking down the streets of Karakura Town. And Yumichika smells a hollow. Uh, they decide not to go like fight it, uh, because they I think I think what they were saying was that there's already, like, a Soul Reaper here for, like, Hollow Slaying, which, uh, isn't that Zenosuke? That, is that his name? Uh, no, it's, it's like a Kumi Nidani, I think. I think Zenosuke is the guy who shows up to talk to Rukia during the Grand Fisher arc. Right, 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 right. You, I, I don't remember. Names are hard. Um, yeah, but- Yeah, it was like, someone else- Well, it's like I said the last week or the week before, it- they say, listen, we've got a dude who's around specifically for the small fry, so we so we don't need to deal with them, and we can deal with the plot. Exactly. Uh, uh, he does say that the hollow smells kind of funny. Like, it, it, it seems off in some way. Uh, we cut to Totsuki here, who is thinking about all the weird things she's seen, uh, relating to, like, Ichigo and, uh, Shinji. And she, like, kind of puts her head down, uh, on her knees, and she feels stupid for worrying so much. Uh, Orihime here, we, we cut to Orihime at her apartment, and she's talking to a picture of her brother about, like, what's been going on. But very specifically... Uh, she is talking to him about Ichigo's strength and her growing jealousy of Rukia. And I'm going to get more into this a little later, but I really don't like this, um, the way they're handling the stuff. 
with her jealousy of Rukia. I'm really not a fan. Rukia puts on the tears for Ichigo's family to convince them to let her stay with them. She's just like making up like some sob story. I, di- I didn't read too much into it. And Yuzu starts crying and like begs Sheen to let Rukia stay. And he starts crying and is like, I was already planning on it. Rukia, you can stay as long as you need. And he just like goes and runs to his poster of Misaki. And he's like, I have a new third daughter, Misaki. Can you believe it? And it's the best. I love this scene. <laughs> so that, much that poster is lo- is taller than a person it's such a massive poster i i for i forgot that ishin was like such a wife guy he's such <laughs> and, a wife guy and then rukio just turns to ichigo and she's like yeah thumbs up and he's like put that thumb away they're gonna figure out that you're actually no never mind they don't they don't care obviously like, <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good bit i i really 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 loved it uh we cut to keiko now who is very clearly thinking about rangiku's sexy uniform without like explicitly stating that what that's what he's thinking about he's just like oh i realize uniforms can be a lethal weapon and it's dumb and gross um he does see something weird in the sky it's like um a monster with like bat wings uh but then we cut away Grimjaw peeks down from a rift in the sky before the commercial break, uh, which I assume is partially what Keiko was seeing, but it seems to be in a different place and unrelated to the weird bat monster. Yeah, I think it's just entirely unrelated. That's fair. We do cut back to Orihime, who is uh, at her front door, and she agrees to let Rangiku stay with her. Uh, Upon saying yes, Rangiku gives her a huge bear hug, uh, nearly crushing all of her bones. Uh, and Rangiku is immediately like, okay, well, I'm going to go use the bath. Uh, where is it? Uh, and then she, like, after walking in, opens the front door back up to ask Toshiro, who is sitting on the roof, if he wants to come inside. <laughs> and he just doesn't really respond. He just kind of calls her noisy. <laughs> She's like, if you aren't going anywhere else anyway. And he's like, he's just being a cool dude. He's, I think he's mostly here to chaperone Rangiku. So he's yeah. just, like, sticking around, and he's like, look, I don't- just fucking do your thing, like, I'm just gonna hang out here. It's- it's a lot. I- he is very much just being, like, edgy, sad boy right now. Um, or he may ask Rangiku how the bath is, and the two talk a bit, like, through the wall, uh, with Rangiku asking why Orihime seems so down today. Orihime denies this, but Rangiku's like, Talk or I'll hurt you. <laughs> or he may like takes this as an opportunity to like think about her jealousy of Rukia and talk to Rangiku about it. Um, and her main problem here is that Ichigo has been like so depressed and like out of it lately and just having a really rough time, but he seemed to cheer up as soon as Rukia was back in town. Uh, she thinks of herself as terrible because, like, she wanted to be the one to cheer Ichigo up, not Rukia. Uh, and she, like, breaks down into tears. Uh, Rangiku comes out of the bath, calls her silly, hugs her while still naked, and then tickles her, telling her to just be herself. Um, she says that Ichigo needs hers and Rukia's support, and tells Orihime that she's doing great by confronting her emotions head-on, 
and not running before hugging her again. I would have way less problems with this scene uh, were it not for the fact that Rangiku, like, I, I, I understand this scene is not meant to be taken sexually, but the way they draw it, like, the way they draw it and the angles, uh, Rangiku is essentially, like, on top of Orihime, completely naked. And that, it really reads as creepy in a way that I don't know was intentional. Um, but overall, I'm really not liking how most of the women in this episode are all caught up in their emotions and being so sad and just like, I'm really not into Orihime just being jealous of Rukia. That feels like it's trying to create conflict where there shouldn't be any. If that makes sense. Yeah, like, so for this scene, there there is definitely the disconnect of like, well, we have two women talking about feelings, and I guess we're just gonna do a bunch of sexy ogling of Rangiku at the same time, so people who don't care about feelings can just like watch. Um, like that's just like clearly what the scene is, but yeah. I like the way I like I like the way that Urihime like phrases things because it's not just that she's jealous of Rukia, it's that she's mad at herself that she feels jealous, uh, which yeah. is a thing that happens sometimes. Like sometimes you want to help someone. And you're because you're close to them and they're hurting and then someone else helps them in a way that you weren't able to or that you tried and failed to do. And you're like, I feel great because this person was helped and they got out of their funk. But also, there is a part of me that wishes that could have been me. And then you like, when you examine that feeling, you're like, and also, I'm friends with this third person. So it feels bad that I'm feeling this. And that's kind of like the reflection that she's got. And on the other side, there's Rangiku who's like, that's a totally normal feeling to have. And the fact that you're actually confronting it and thinking about it is a really cool adult thing to do. Like, it's a really, like, mature thing to just focus on, to, to focus on those feelings as opposed to just pretending they don't exist or letting, and letting them fester until, like, it would cause a problem. Yeah. It's like, you're, you're allowed to have that frustration and still keep being friends with... Like, it doesn't make you a bad friend to have those occasional feelings of frustration towards someone who did a thing that you wanted to do and couldn't. I... I think where I'm landing on this is that I do like this conversation. Obviously, I don't like the framing of it, uh, because, again, it is a lot of ogling of Rangiku. Um, I really wish that this hadn't come directly after Orihime is beat down yet again. Not to say that it's a bad place in a character arc for this to happen, but it just kind of feels to me that Orihime has not had any chance to shine at all and is instead being reduced into this, like, this character who is just jealous and like, while she is reflecting on it, she doesn't get to win any fights. She doesn't get to fight most of the time and is now just jealous of Rukia for the sake of creating conflict, uh, rather than an actual emotional plot beat, because this is the first time we've heard about it. Um, it, it makes sense and, like, I think 
her feelings are like definitely valid this is a definite thing that does happen and like i'm glad that it is in the show for that reason i just wish it hadn't happened like this and i wish it hadn't been specifically orihime is the thing i think um yeah that's that's my main thing um Rangiku does close out this interaction by telling Orihime that she's doing great by confronting her emotions head on uh, and not running. And then she hugs her again. And like, it, it is a sweet scene in that sense. Like, I do like that. Um, yeah, And like, I'm, I mostly agree with you. I want to push back against one little bit. Yeah, go for it. The, because Orihime has had this jealousy for a long time because it's a thing that she was thinking about slash struggling with before they went to get um before they went to get uh, rukia the first time okay yeah you're right and it you're and it came up right. a little bit during the bound arc as well where she was like hey like ichigo's kind of in a funk and i'm trying and it's like i can't get him out of this funk i can't like break through verse which is it is as much a feeling that Rukia connects to Ichigo in a way that she can't, as it is the fact that Orihime is like more in, like she's less likely to push on people's boundaries, and v- Rukia is kind of a like boundaries. What's that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of person. Uh, so it's like it just happens to be that in order to get Ichigo out of this funk, he often needs someone of the ladder to like literally kick his butt into gear and she's frustrated that she can't be that person because that's just not the kind of person that she is when she's trying to take care of her friends that makes sense uh you're right i i don't have more to add here before like without like talking ourselves in circles but you are absolutely right that this has come up before and like it it does feel a bit more solid to me uh with that intact i just i i still really just wish it wasn't orihime um yeah personally uh after this uh more Ronkar follow grimjow to the human world including the funny hat guy um he tells them to turn the peskisa all the way up and a sort of wave emanates out uh and we get like an image of a few like green flames which uh are essentially like all the people who have like spiritual energy in this town. Um, Grimjaw explains that they must have called some reinforcements uh, because there are more of them than expected, and then addresses the rest of the Arankar, telling them to annihilate anyone with even a small amount of spiritual energy. As it turns out, they just gave Rukia Ichigo's sister's room. Which one? I don't know. They didn't one. specify. One of them. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. The the end result is the same. Yeah, they literally just say Ichigo's sister's room. Rukia was planning- I I wanted to live in the closet. Yeah! She's like, I was planning on living in the closet, and you know what? I'm upset about this. I even brought stuff to clean it up. Like this light, this bell, a massager. Oh, oh, and the small window. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she literally just holds up a small window and it's the funniest thing i i loved this i thought this was a perfect scene i really enjoyed it, it like it it got of some very loud laughter out of me <laughs> same here uh the next scene got some even louder laughter out of me um 
or not the next scene, the scene after the next scene. Because uh, we get a very quick shot of, like, Urhara shop, and Uru serves Renji a drink, and then calls his face strange. And then that's the end of that interaction. Um, so, this next scene, uh, we have Yumichika and Ikaku just, like, sitting on a roof, and they're marveling over the complex and methodical practice that goes into restocking the complexly wrapped rice balls at the convenience stores. And Ikaku's like, there has to be someone pulling the strings. There's somebody behind this operation. And Yumichika's just like, funny you say that. I came to the same conclusion. And I just love these two idiots so much. It is the dumbest interaction, and I love it. I I was losing my mind. Yeah, they're like, there's so many of these, and they're all the same, and they're all perfectly wrapped and perfectly shaped, uh, clearly handmade. And the girl at the store was like, yeah, they uh, like they all get replaced entirely like several times a day. And he's like, there's no way she can do all this on her own. There's a there's an organization <laughs> behind this. Ikaku uh, and the gang learn about industrialization. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. Uh we, we do cut to Rangiku and Orihime having dinner, and as it turns out, Rangiku shares the same taste buds as Orihime, because she loves Orihime's cooking so much. Uh, Orihime pulls out ice cream with all sorts of like weird toppings, and they are both just loving it. Uh, and then Toshiro just sits on the roof like a sad boy. Um, we then get a cut to Grimjow, who orders the Arankar to show no mercy, and like a quick flash of, like, all the people in town with spiritual energy, and the Rankar head out to their targets, ending the episode. And it also confirmed, because, like, earlier in the episode, I think we had a flash of, like, of Chad, and I wasn't sure if he was at his place or Urihime's, because he's being healed by two of her fairies. And then yeah. in this in this flash, we, let, we kind of learn, oh, okay, so Chad's, like, at his own place. With Urihime's fairies... Like, with an active shield regenerating his arm. She's doing this from several city blocks away. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. I, I love that. I, um, I have some problems with this episode, but there is some solid stuff here, and a lot of the bits were really funny. Mm. Uh, so- what was... I was about to ask what the manga differences were, or do you want to go to the post-credits bit first? Post-credits bit first. Uh, so Hanataru brings in, like, a giant crate of mail. 90% of it or more is entirely just, like, love letters that go to eighth, the eighth seat the eighth seat in his squad, uh, Mr. Ogido. And the third seat is, like, what women seeing that fucker anyway? <laughs> so Hanataro and his vice captain are like, "Oh, Yimura, I'm sure you've got a bunch of uh, good points." Yeah, name one. Fuck, you got us. <laughs> Ripped to Yimura. I I'm not happy that we're getting more bits that are just like kind of punching down on some of the characters, but like this bit was okay. It was all right. And then the manga differences. So you know when Rangiku and Renji are just, like, fucking with Khan and, like, trying to yeah. take out his uh, his soul pill? It's because they never knew that you could put a pill in a plush toy and have it move around. 
they're they're like wait you don't need like a full Giga you can just put in a plush toy oh that's weird so that's why they're kind of flicking around although you know Renji has seen these these toys before yeah and Rangiku would have too because uh, of the bounce yeah but, you know that's, obviously that's not right. in the manga <laughs> obviously not in the manga um, although they do in the manga as well Renji hasn't met Urahara like at all so in oh. addition to whatever Rukia mystery that he's curious about one of the reasons that he goes to Urahara's place is because he wants to meet the man who got Ichigo, like, fighting fit and ready to fight him and Byakuya in Soul Society in a span of, like, ten days. <laughs> He's like, that he made sense. He trained you, like, so fucking good, bro? Like, <laughs> like I want to meet that guy. <laughs> I would too. Uh, at the bit where we cut to Renji and well, when we cut to like everyone in Sol- in um, Karakura Town who has a spiritual energy, when it cuts to Renji, he's just sitting like across the street from the store, like he's sitting leaning against a, a telephone pole, and everyone's inside and like staring at him through the blinds, and Ginta's like he's still there, <laughs> <laughs> and Urahara's like. I don't have business with an assistant captain from Soul Society. I why is he out there? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then finally, one very very small bit is that when Orihime and Rakyu are eating, and it like cuts to Toshiro who's still on the roof. He's like, you know, I'm kind of hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cool, but also I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm cool and sad, but also hungry. The yeah. three emotions. The three emotions. <laughs> well, that does it for our first episode, I think. Was there any more? Or no, was I reading it. that right? Okay. Well, let's cut the break, Sam. Let's cut the break. Then let's get right into the episode 117. Rukia's battle commences. The freezing white blade. Dun, dun, I read dun. the. I saw the title and I immediately started cheering. I was like, <laughs> yes, yes, finally, yes. Uh, the episode opens with Ichigo and Rukia feeling out how many iron cars are out there, and Rukia just kind of like correctly assuming what their targets and purpose and uh, intentions are. I think I, like, actually spoke up because Nova was watching with me, and I was just like, wow, she has some really oddly specific intel here. Yeah. Oh, this bit, it's basically the same scene in the manga, but it's worded a little differently, where Rukia's like, from the way they're moving, I think it looks like they're all heading towards a different, like, source of energy, basically. Gotcha. So she's like, Arankar moving towards people equals someone's going to die. Oh. Ichigo and like starts reasoning out like okay is she just safe since he has zero spiritual pressure fuck that guy um Arihime's got Rangiku and Toshiro uh chat's alone so we should probably head out we cut to Ikaku and Yumichika they're running out they're running out uh we see Toshiro and Rangiku pop out of their guys for combat just as two Arankar appear to face them a funny hat one introduces himself as Arankar Undecimo or Eleven his name is Sha Long, and he just immediately, like, he starts introducing himself, and then he immediately attacks Ihizugaya, he f- and he finishes his introduction, like, after his first hit is, uh, is blocked. He's even, Smart like, man. 
He's like, a captain? Hell yeah, I hit the jackpot. And Toshiro's like, nah, bro. You, you really crapped out and you picked the worst possible choice. Oopsies. Uh, we cut really quickly to see that there there's an iron car that shows up in front of Ikaku and there's another that shows up in front of Renji. And then we cut to Chad who, like... He's getting up, tells the fairies, it's good, I can fight, it's fine, go back to Urihime, make sure she's fine. And as soon as he rushes outside, he's immediately attacked. Uh, Ichigo that intercepts the attack, though, and Chad is like, if Ichigo had been a single second later, I would be dead. Like, the Ichigo basically grabs a wrist that was going directly for his chest, and it still made it far enough to, like, pierce Chad's skin and make it bleed a little. So he's like, I was dead. I I was a goner. Just completely. <laughs> Definitely not ideal, but at least he's good now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ichigo just immediately tells him, like, hey, hang back. I'm good. <laughs> and Chad runs, and he's like, fuck. He doesn't, like, he do- he's not telling me to, like, watch his back. He's not telling me to, like, be prepared. He's not telling me to, like, go protect someone. He's just saying, hey, stay out of the fight. I can't even fight side by side with him god damn really love how worthless they're making all of the side characters feel like yeah all, all of ichigo's group they're just making feel like complete wastes of time because they're just like oh hey the soul reapers are here they're here to take care of things and chad norihime they're just on the sidelines who knows what the fuck's going on with uryu like it really just wants you to not believe in these characters right now <laughs> Uh, more on this note at the end of this episode. Yep. <laughs> uh, so Rukia is like, man, what did you tell Chad? He's he's real upset. And then she noticed how Ichigo is like acting the hero, and she's like, okay, I see what's going on. Ichigo, you you step the fuck back, because <laughs> Ichigo is clearly like, ki- like he's confident, but he's also probably kind of like panicking and tense. So she's like, listen, I'm gonna take this guy out. Fuck you. She pops into her Shinigami form, and we get just a really quick explanation of why she didn't have powers during the Bound Arc, but she's fine now. Uh, it basically sums up to, healing takes time. The end. <laughs> and it's literally, healing takes time, and the bounce fucked with that. But I'm good now. <laughs> yeah, it's, healing takes time, and also I was thrust into combat because I was, and I wasn't he- fully healed. Now I'm fully healed, it's fine. Uh, their uh, their talk is just completely interrupted by the Arankar like being bored and attacking her, and he introduces himself as Arankar DSE says or sixteen Droy. I just I want to state how Droy. I want to state how how fucking long Droy waits to make a move because there's so much happening. Like there's literally like Rukia's Gigai like, has, like, the original, like, soul candy that she had planned on getting instead of Cone, which is Chappie, and Chappie's just, like, wrestling Ichigo and saying Pyon a lot, and just being generally, like, happy-go-lucky, and, like, there's this, there's this entire explanation of why Rukia is here, there's the entire conversation about why Ichigo shouldn't be the one to fight here. And it, it literally takes like five minutes of the episode. And D-Roy's just standing there the entire time, just watching all of this happen before he finally gets bored and attacks. 
like all things considered, he's been very grateful, uh, graceful yeah. about Absolutely. this whole deal. Um, Rukia tries to introduce herself as well, and Dira is like, "Fuck off! I don't need to know the name of the person I'm gonna kill. Like, it's fine." And she's like, "Well, all right then. Well, at least remember the name of my sword, uh, Dance Sodeno Shirayuki." Uh, and she just un- she unleashes her Zanbakuto, which becomes completely white. The guard, uh, the ribbon that trails from it, the sword, the hilt, everything about it, pure snow white. And then just in a flash, she is behind the iron car, and there's, like, there's a circle that forms on the ground, and it starts freezing his legs. Uh, it's just this really cool moment. I'm glad that uh, Ruka gets, like, a really good moment for her first, like, her first fight with her... Herzan Bakuto. Yeah. Uh, he flies up in the air because he's like, your Zanpakuto that freezes the ground can't fucking hurt me if I'm flying. Ha ha ha. And she's like, well, no, that's not that's not what it does. No one said that's what it does. Everything in the circle freezes. And it's just like, it freezes a giant pillar all around him. Uh, then the ice shatters and the iron car goes with it. And then she just... Pops back over to Ichigo, and she's like, well, fight's done. What are we doing now? <laughs> it's really good. I really like this. It's re- it's it's just like a really fun moment of showing that Rukia's like, oh yeah, Rukia's like kind of strong. Uh, the Giga explains, uh, she, she explains that the sword is the most beautiful ice types in Pakuto, which I guess is a thing that they rank. Uh and also that Rukia is as strong as a numbered seat officer. But because a certain someone is like, well, seated officers have more dangerous missions. So my little sister is not getting a seat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Thanks, like, okay. Biakia. Yeah, that, that absolutely tracks. That makes sense. Uh, just then, a powerful spirit pressure appears near the two of them. And Grimjow has arrived, declaring himself the sixth Arankar. Everyone on the battlefield takes notice, and most of the other Arankar are like, D-Roy's a fucking weakling. And this is the bit that, like, really annoys me, because we just got, like, this really cool moment with Rukia, and it's like, fuck yeah, Rukia finally shows off that she's a great Shinigami, they're like, she's as strong as a seated officer, which, you know, might not be a vice captain, but is on Ikaku and Yumichika's level. Um, and it's like, yeah, she's also a threat. She's really cool. Look at this, like, really badass move she does. Also, her opponent was fucking garbage, and he was terrible, and he shouldn't even call himself an Arankar because he's so weak. Yeah, it's literally that she gets this cool moment and is immediately undercut. I was like, come on. Like, there there are better ways to make your uh, your the rest of your, like, Arankar squad intimidating and powerful seeming. But, yeah, at this point, they're just like, yeah, D-Roy sucked. He just sucked shit, like, <laughs> entirely. I don't uh, know why, but the name D-Roy has stuck with me through the years. Like, I, I remember this name, but I, I did not remember this character being knocked out immediately. <laughs> all the iron car explode with power, and Kago can just, like, he can feel it, and he hears the sounds of combat and laughing, so he's like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> he's just walking around at night and he hears people cackling and he hears explosions and he feels like trembling in the earth and is like is no one else noticing this? Am I just turbo haunted? 
Uh, he runs into our favorite Afro Shinigami, who basically just tells him, the end is here, we're all gonna fucking die, run away. <laughs> <laughs> and then the wall next to him just explodes, and he sees Ikaku covered in blood, with his blade out. Uh, the Shinigami gets immediately slapped to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Which did get a laugh out of me, honestly. Like, Eldrad yeah. just shows up next to him and just smacks him down. And then Ikagu just turns to Keigo and he's like, Hey, we don't have a room for tonight. And if I don't do anything, this guy is going to kill you. So, if you if I win, I well, uh, it'll save you. And in exchange, you should put us up at your house. Intimidated, Keigo agrees. <laughs> It's Probab- so good. Probably pissing his pants. It is so good. I I loved this scene. I thought it was great. Ikaku demands to know his opponent's name. He starts by uh, the Arankar like just starts giving his name because he's like, "Well, I'm Arankar Trace, thirteen. and then he stops because he's like, "Oh wait, actually, I don't need to introduce myself because you're gonna die." And Ikaku says, well, we have different, like, codes of conduct then. Because the one thing I teach to everyone I train, you tell your name to those you kill. It's a courtesy. Ikaku Madurame, third seat, the name of the man who's going to kill you. Just incredible end of episode. (laughs) Yeah, I I fucking love Ikaku. Ikaku's great. God. I, I think this episode was, like, mostly cool. Definitely so. Like, I think both episodes this week have been kind of mixed bags, but what was the post credits bit this time, Sam? Uh, the post credits bit is Soifan receives a report about the human world, and she's like, Great, good job. You can go. And then the last one is like, Oh, by the way, here's this pack of clandestine pictures we took of Kyoroichi fighting and eating. <laughs> Alright, Soifan. <laughs> it, is, it is really feeding into the ship here. Yoruichi and Soifan are absolutely destined to be for each other. Yeah, and as far as manga differences, there aren't really any manga differences, but there is one thing that Kubo does that's really, really good is when he's drawing people whose eyes are wide and they're kind of panicky or stressed out. Look at this two-page spread. Look at it. Oh, yeah, no, I love this. It's, it's great. It's when... Rukia and uh, Ichigo feel all the iron card. They're like, oh shit. Shit's going down. Like, oh fuck. <laughs> Just good stuff. Uh, but yeah, like, it's really disappointing that we finally get a good, a really cool scene with Rukia and it's just immediately downplayed by every single other bad guy being like, yeah, but that guy's just a baby guy for children. Like, we shouldn't, like, it, we shouldn't even have brought him along. He's garbage. It doesn't matter. Which means Rukia's fight doesn't matter because she, the person she beat, wasn't anything. Like, it, it, it is literally as if the show has taken all of Ichigo's squad and said, "Hey, fuck you. They don't matter. They're not important. The other Shinigami, they're the cool ones. You want to root for them. Don't worry about Ichigo's squad. They're they don't matter anymore." And like, I know, I know, like as somebody who has watched Bleach before, like. We are going to get more with these characters. Obviously, we've still got like 250-ish episodes to go. Um, actually, exactly 250 episodes to go. Um, but uh, yeah, no, we uh, they're just undercutting everyone and it really sucks. It's, it's a real shame. 
Now, agreed. Uh, I think that about wraps this episode up, though. Would you agree? Yeah. All right. Well, sorry this one's been a bit short. Uh, we're both pretty tired and, you know, want to make sure we get this one out on time, unlike last week. Uh, sorry about that, but thank you as always for listening. You can find our show at Lavender under... Fuck, that's me. That's me. I'm screwing it all up. You are the show. I, I have become the show. You can find the show at Bleachcast at Twitter. And you can find me at Lavender underscore pause on Twitter. And you can find me at SSBSLJ. I, I'm not going to screw this fu- this thing. I'm already, I'm, I'm stumbling over my words. God damn it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs> oh my God. Stay cool, Chads. Armbar. Pion.